All right, we are back. There it is, Madison. Did I just freeze up? I just froze up just to kickstart season three. I felt like I felt like it was frozen. I'm not sure. I would hate for no technical difficulties. I can hear you. We've had about 18 technical difficulties so far. I would hate for the technical difficulties to actually stop in season three. That would not be laugh and eat with madness. No, of course not. We need to stay true to our brand, which is we are technically challenged with all sorts of Technically challenged with a side of sarcasm and humor. Yeah. So Madison, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. When's the last time I talked to you? Like last night? Yesterday? I feel like I was talking to you like last few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were uh, reporting a missing person case on me, actually. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, before we we start the show, a little gift from me to you. So I just want you. Because I always love making sure that you're in my New Year's thoughts. <laughs> like little people, you know what I mean? Little people. Little people singing. Oh my God! We're gonna we're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure that we maintain the, uh, that level of that level of humor that uh, we always have around here, right? So yeah. it is January fourth, two thousand and twenty-four. Madison, do you know what that means? By the way, pop quiz, pop quiz, Madison. Do you know? What January 4, 2024 really, really means. I, I mean, I God, if you blow this, Maddie, I, I, I'm going to have to rethink everything about this. This is seriously, like, I mean, this, this is not good. It is the start of season three, so what? Close. Close, <laughs> Maddie. What? Try again. I'll give you one more shot. Is it like a national holiday? or? It should be. If it's not, it should be. If it's not, it should be. Oh my gosh, is it someone's birthday? No. Um. All right, enough already. Yeah. Do you remember when I told you like everything starts after January third, nineteen ninety four? When I talk about historical facts with you, do you remember that line from one of the? Kind of. Yes, maybe. Refresh me. Refresh me. So yesterday was thirty years for me in the mortgage business. Oh. Okay. Thirty Mom, years. Thirty years and one day today. Congratulations. So 30 years officially. 30 years officially. It's here, man. 30 years. Wow. I just hit three years. 30 so you years. are officially 10 times more experienced than me. How does that feel? Um, yeah. I mean, someone asked me the other day, they said, what's changed in 30 years? You know what I mean? Which, I mean, it sounds like it's, sorry, that's God speaking. I didn't even do that. <laughs> Which sounds like a really, like a, a like a, a, a um, philosophical question, you know what I mean? But yeah. it had such a simple answer that it was one word. I said to the guy, everything. Everything's changed. <laughs> There's like There's not one, well, yeah. There's not you know? one thing that's different. Yeah. I mean I, I don't, you know, I think look, Wells Fargo was around thirty years ago. They're still around today, right? Yeah. I think they're the only ones that I can really think of that are still like in business doing mortgages with me the past I mean I'm probably sure there's some other companies, but I, I can't think of them. Well, I guess it's like everything 
is different, but everything's also exactly the same. I mean, it's the same 30-year fixed. Right. You've just gone through the entire life cycle of a mortgage. Congratulations. Yes. So I anyone gotta, that I, you, I gotta, know, you know what? That's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty paid off. That's for damn sure. <laughs> How is it paid off at this point, Bob, is the real question. And do you wish? I feel pretty paid off. I feel, I, I feel pretty like, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty good. You know what I mean? So, yes. I think I, uh, um, at the end of the day, it's not a bad life. That's the one thing I'll tell everybody. People seem to kind of think like, oh, no, no, who wants to be a mortgage? And I'm like, you know yeah. what? It's, it's not that bad. It's we really got it pretty good. We got bad. it pretty good. We got it pretty good. Look, I constantly, I think like this last year, especially, I've like, you know, end of the year, beginning of the year, everyone's making their resolutions. You're reflecting back on business and like personal triumphs and failures and I also think like there was there's really no other job that I could carry that I could like wear all the hats that I do. So in a lot of ways I'm appreciative because I feel like there's not one, you know, a lot of people have to be hyper focused in one way, whether it's like analytics or, you know, turning on their math brain or their teacher brain or whatever it is. And I feel like we actually get like the combination of wearing a lot of different roles and a lot of different realms. So I'm like grateful that I get to tap into all of those different sides of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you know? a, so it's a good way to look at it. I mean, that's for sure. You're an author, you're a podcaster, you own, you have a team. So like yeah. you wear so many caps in a day, just in like your day to day and like what other career, I mean, maybe there are a few others, but like really truly that you could do all of that yeah. without someone kind so of you want to hear something you want to hear something really cool yes do you know what constituted a jumbo loan in 1994 on january 3rd <laughs> five hundred thousand really maddie you gotta 100? think come on no maddie. no no like 150. Uh, not that bad not in dc at least not in dc <laughs> Any anything anything over the 203 money. anything over two anything over 203 150. Wow. $203,150. If you went over that, it was like double the work, double the work. And somebody was asking me like, well, what about in the 2003 refi boom? Yeah. I think uh, I think those were like $320,000 loan limits. And we were, we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I know. Well, my, you know, our good friend Lincoln from Kentucky, we constantly kind of like have this ongoing joke, like, I do one loan that's equivalent to her doing right. 17 loans where she is. Listen, um, when I became, when I became a, a Eastern regional or whatever for Carrington, and part of my region was uh, Western Florida, and this was 2013, and I saw loan amounts for like $78,000. I was like, uh, is that a Lexus car? I mean, what, what's going on yeah, down here? Yeah. So it is interesting. It is interesting. But listen, we're gonna we're gonna rev things up a little bit here, Maddie, because obviously this is season. I know, three. we're playing it too safe right now. No, I don't know about safe. I'm just I think we're all just a little bit, you know, coming out of the New Year slump, and this is the way it kind of goes on. So I mean, you know, yeah. I do have a note here to ask how your fingernails are doing. I need to see your fingernails because I know you said Jersey girls, fingernails, oh, God, they're, color, not. Going. they're not good at all. <laughs> they're so overgrown right now. <laughs> 
don't even. I haven't gotten them done in like a month. Oh, yeah, I was just, I was just asking, it was a note I made on here, like, ask her how her nails are after this New Year's and Christmas stuff and all this stuff that's been going on. I told myself I was going to get them done before Christmas. I told myself I was going to get them done before New Year's, and here we are on January 4th, and I've still not gotten no them done. Way. No way! No <laughs> Okay. But, uh, he's, he's, totally, he's totally freaked out. He's like, no way, she didn't get them done? I'm happy about that because that means that I'm busy and yeah. you know, I'd rather be busy than bored is what I keep saying. Yeah. So look, let, let's talk about something that's going on in this market right now. There's a few things that I'm picking up on, right? Cause obviously the rates are improving. We all know that, right? We're back in like the sixes somewhere, depending on where you are, whatever you credit score LTV, but here's the sixes. I'm even seeing some rates uh, for some uh, FHA borrowers, like even hitting some fives. You know what I mean? It's pretty interesting. Um, but, in, in spite of all that, there's still some resistance to this. Well, first, let's talk about the refi people. Yes. Right? Here's what I'm hearing from my sales team, Maddie. My bars are telling me, are the rates going to go lower? Should I wait? And maybe I shouldn't refinance right now. And my question is, are your credit card balances going to go up or down from then till now? Because mm. a lot of time right what now. What are doing a, well, do a rate term? Yeah, but no one's coming for a rate and term yet. It's more, I mean, they are, but that's if, in my opinion, that's if the mm -hmm. loan officers reached out to them. Okay. Not people thinking that the rates are so low right now that they're able to rate and term refinance. That's not, what, that's not, it's a, fair, it's a good salesman that's been following up with their clients. Then yes, they are capturing the rate and term. Um, what I'm experiencing is an influx of people coming to me looking for a cash out refinance or a home equity line of credit. Got it. All right. So you got the, you got a, your, your response to them is, is your credit card debt decreasing or increasing as you wait for that rate to get lower? Or is the, yeah. And whether it's, you know, credit card debt or like, you know, it's winter months here in Jersey. So like I had someone that came to inquire to me about um, a home equity line of credit to do renovations on their house. And I was like, well, are you planning to start the work in December, in January? Or are you going to probably start this in April? Right. I would wait, you know, even though you're only, it's, you know, interest only or whatever, until you tap into the money, why wouldn't you just wait until we get closer to the spring market? And then you hopefully would, if, if rates keep continue to go down, you know, you're going to capture a better, market you guys are like in for a snowstorm this weekend i heard yeah yeah so like in that, any home, yeah yeah so i mean so yeah so in that scenario like i'm telling them to wait where it's like if you know that you don't need the money immediately it's not a dire emergency situation mm -hmm. whereas i have other people where it's very dire like they have you know it the debt keeps stacking or the balances keep increasing every time um like i've had a couple people that i've had to do debt consolidation before they even qualified for a home equity line of credit and the reason they were coming to me for a home equity line of credit was to consolidate debt yeah i had an interesting uh, uh, client call me today and they were like i don't want a heloc i want a reverse mortgage and i was like okay why goes, well, i've never had that request before. right right well wait till you get older wait till you get 30s in the business 
<laughs> no, my, I mean, my, my, my clientele split though. I have all first time home buyers or people that are downsizing into adult communities or retirement. Right. So this one wanted a reverse mortgage. And I was just like, I didn't understand the logic there. You know what I mean? But yeah, obviously they, they've done the research and they didn't want to have an 11% HELOC rate or whatever. Yeah. So to them, it didn't make any sense. So I'm actually seeing um, some single digit HELOCs as of now. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Is, right. I think he's running some things. So look, well. the other thing that I'm seeing is this, is this kind of like resistance to buying right now, that. right? I'm too distracted. What's wrong? <laughs> Do you see me fidgeting? My ADHD is getting to me. I need to stand. Oh, this is why I have the moving standing desk. Oh, yeah, see? I'm very calm, if you notice. I, I'm always just sitting and very You're just relaxed. sitting in the same spot. I think I've moved 16 times since we started 12 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that's kind of sad, Maddie. You know, that's very sad. Anyway, um, I'm having some really technical issues today, man. What's the heck's going on here? Yeah, you're a little frozen on my end. I'm not yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I think the, uh, the internet here in, in this studio is not so well. Hmm. We're having a lot of technical difficulties. It is what it is, man. So look, here's a question that I have. Yes. Should I buy or should I rent? Okay. It's like a song, right? Should I buy or should I rent? Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. Is that before your time? Is that another song before your time? Yeah, that's way before my time. Oh, I'm my God. <laughs> it's okay. You don't know should I stay or should I go? Yeah. All right. So you do know the song. I, mean, I know the song, but I've never heard that. Are you, did you just make that version up or was that like another? Of course I just made it up, Maddie. Who, okay. They, didn't, they wouldn't say, should I buy or should I rent? Okay, okay, okay. Focus. I am focused. <laughs> all right, so. I feel like question, you're all over the place today. I might be, I might be. I'm not gonna deny that. So okay. the question is, is do people buy right now or do they continue renting? That is really the question that people are asking because they feel like maybe the prices could come down, but I don't know if they will. They feel that the rates can come down, probably will, right? Mm -hmm. what, what are you telling people in that, in that position? So I think that there's actually three categories of people right now. And I think this third category has really kind of taken, taken like precedent over the last few years since COVID, where you're no longer looking at situations of renting or owning there's a big population of people right now that are still living at home mm -hmm. so i'd say like even in my own experience of like the last few years half of my first time home buyers went from renting to owning and half of them went from never having rented in their life only have you know been living with their parent rent free to then owning a home okay. so i think that it really comes down to lifestyle and priorities when you have mm. when you talk about whether or not someone should rent or buy right now so so how would you classify priorities that i mean that you, you you take that question to the next level right i mean like is everyone has different priorities how do you everyone as a loan officer yeah how, do, how as a loan officer are you supposed to tell them what their priorities should be well, I mean, just look at it from the perspective of how many people in the last few years have had the opportunity to maybe explore different career opportunities, have had the opportunity. Oh, we lost Fabi. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to continue talking. 
Um, so there's a lot of people during COVID that had the opportunity to maybe explore different career opportunities. They were able to travel more. Now some people are working remote, they're working hybrid, whereas I'd say a majority of the people your age when they were first coming into home ownership, they were just working the same job for, you know, 30 years. Like that was the goal, find a good job, get a good 401k, get the home, start the family. Um, so a lot of people's priorities have changed. Mm -hmm. so I think that there is definitely a delay, especially with the younger generations in home ownership um, because their priorities have shifted, meaning they're reevaluating their traditional, like whether or not they want a traditional lifestyle of marriage and children. Like if you even look at, you know, the average age of a woman having a baby right now, their first baby in comparison mm -hmm. to a couple years ago, the average woman was having their kids much younger. Um, so I is, feel like- I mean, but what I get, I, the question is, is do load officers have the ability to tell people what their priorities should be? Well, I think that their priorities are very evident in their savings, their credit, mm. and what they're looking to accomplish when purchasing real estate. So if somebody they, comes to you with no money down, no money in their account, and they say, I want to buy a house. Right. You're like, dude, you haven't been saving anything in the last five years. Right. Because your priorities have been traveling, eating out. Um, and again, like some of those things, like I'm not saying that those are bad things, but it's again, priorities. If homeownership wasn't on like your, you know, sphere of like, that wasn't on your five year plan, you weren't necessarily saving. You were just, you know, saving for the next trip, saving for the next, yeah. I mean, I'm wedding culture right now. I'm, you know, I'm going to be 28 in March. I had nine weddings last year. Do you mm. know how much freaking money that I spent and I didn't even have the wedding? Just Ugh. to attend the wedding. Jeez. Um, so you just have to consider, like, again, priorities. There was the whole show on Netflix, uh, Mortgage or Marriage, where they were deciding, like, would you rather be given, you know, $150,000 towards a down payment on a house or towards a six-hour wedding? Hmm. What did people go with? Um, there was different ones in every situation. Oh you never God. seen that show on Netflix? No. I'm pretty no. sure it's called like marriage and or a mortgage or wow. mortgage. Yeah. But so like again, six, priorities. A six hour wedding is $150,000. Right. Forget about it. <laughs> but well, people I mean, do it knowing that the goal after the wedding is to buy a house. And then they're so confused when they right. don't even break even on the amount of money that they just spent for this one day event. Right. And now they're coming into, and again, I, it comes back to values and lifestyle. People are moving in together before marriage because they can't afford to live alone, not right. because that's the way that they want, you know, the lifestyle, like they're the, whatever, what do you want to call it? Milestones are traditional, you know, to maybe your time or people in the past. Like yeah, right my now, time, we just lived in caves and just hit the woman on the head and brought her back. No, traditionally cave. you lived home and then you got <laughs> married and then you moved in together. <laughs> I know, making you seem so old. That was me. <laughs> you, over there, bam, you come home. <laughs> Cook brontosaurus today. <laughs> it's like the, the Flintstones. <laughs> 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 
really, Madison? Is that what you think? I mean, just for the record, I got well, married. In, I got married in '93. Right. We were engaged in '91, so we had like a year and a half engagement. Right. Right. Um, and how much did you spend on your wedding? I honestly don't know. All right. Well, you're going to talk to your wife tonight and come back. No, because to in our in our culture, the 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 female pays for the wedding. The, her father did. I will tell you that there was over 900 people at our wedding. 900? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was a. It was. A, it was so fun. I'm sure that was a pretty penny. That if your your parent, you know, your father and your mother-in-law were like, "Hey, Fab," and again, I know that some of it comes down to tradition and you know mm-hmm. culture and all of that, but. I, again, like just coming back to the Netflix show of like today, modern times. You want one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a wedding? Yeah. You want one hundred and fifty thousand dollars? And I do know, I do know a good friend of mine who spent two hundred sixty-five thousand on his daughter's wedding. Yeah. But just, and do you think that they're making two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars back, and that's really setting them up for? What um, do you mean back? By the way, what you, what, like, are people getting ROIs on wedding? What What is this about? No. What, what are you? What, what are you saying? That's what I'm saying. They're not getting a return on their investment. Like if 900 people showed up, you got to figure half of them are couples. So you only got really 450 people giving you gifts. Right. If even everyone gives like a hundred bucks, what is that? $4,500? Yeah. So you're not, there is no ROI on a wedding, Madison. I just want you to fully understand that. Yeah. And now like you it's can't like charge a-, a fee, Maddie. If you get married, like you can't say, hey, Bob, I need $500 minimum for you to show up. But that's what it's become. That's no, I'm not joking. And like, I learned the hard way this year where I was like, oh, fun. Like, I have all these weddings and stuff. And then it's the engagement party and the bridal shower. And we no longer can just go to a bar down the street from the hometown that we grew up in for the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Now we have to fly across the country and rent an Airbnb for a long weekend. So, again, it all comes down to lifestyle and priorities. So, if it's, so we really, we've really taken this question to... We've gone, like, sideways. But the, thing, but the thing that I appreciate that you're bringing to the table here is you're showing me the female perspective. No, this is the male perspective, too, though. The men are doing this, too? The men are going on bachelor parties. The men are still paying for the weddings and things. If the, you know, not every female's parents are able to pay for a wedding. I know a lot of people where they're, you know, the bride and the groom are paying... It's just the culture for thing. Pakistanis, that's the way the right. Pakistanis no, no, no. Work. But there's, I know tons of people where they're paying for a majority of their wedding. Yeah. It happens. I mean, I, look, I, I think it's, it's up to the, but back to the question. <clears throat> Today, in this market, the question that people are asking is, should I, and here, here's, what, I'm going to give you some answers that I, I'm going to, because I have a live interview <laughs> with Barry Habib on January 9th, right? All right, yeah. I think this show's going to come out after that, but I don't know. We'll okay. Maybe we'll get it out on Monday. Um, so January night, me and Barry B were gonna get together on eleven thirty live, right? And I know the number one thing that we're gonna talk about is, from my standpoint, I don't care how low the rates go, we still have inventory pressures. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's kind of like the lower the rates go, the more inventory pressure there's gonna be because I don't think people are just gonna put their house on the market just because the rates are low. No, right? Because if you're sitting on three and a half percent rate. I mean, you got to be at about a five and a half to five before you really say, okay, I'm willing to sell this house and go get another one. And even that's um, going to be some of them. That's not even like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I mean, with inventory pressures, I, mean, I, I think the, the downside is relocating. Yeah, I think the time is absolutely right now for people to jump in the market before the inventory pressure really hits. Right now, yeah. That's what I think. Now, yeah. By the way, well, that's why I think it was kind of well, yeah. No, no, I'm I was frozen. Say, yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it's okay. So in your market, are you seeing more inventory or the same inventory as you've been seeing the last 12 months? I feel like the inventory has been an issue consistently for the last 12 months. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few well, hot spots where the inventory is not a problem. Not a lot of yeah. it. But a few. Not a lot of it, but I think that the demand went down like they were trying, you know, when the rates went up to 8%. And but don't like of those deals, like there there was no issue like with them getting their offer accepted and negotiating terms with the sellers. And like that's what we were trying to encourage and say, I think, all along. Mm -hmm. But again, people get so rate focused. Um, and especially in my market up here where the taxes are so high, the yeah. that higher rate like really does impact it. So yeah, you can't there's like five percent blow it off percent tax rate on some places oh five to seven easily wow I, I, that floored me man when my cousin was buying a house up there my parents yeah. my, my parents pay a small salary in taxes alone to live that's in nuts i mean just to live in new jersey yeah I mean, your bagels aren't that good to pay that much oh, yeah, they are. not and that good no i mean listen listen <laughs> I, I'd fight for I'd I'd kind of fight that that. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So Madison, we're down to a few more minutes. I need to know what strategy a loan officer could employ to get by that question when when they're asked that question. I just come back to the basics of like, well, let's compare like what you're currently renting to a mm -hmm. uh, mortgage. Like, let's just make the equivalent of that to a mortgage payment in an area that you want to buy, mm -hmm. and then at that point. It's like, I think that the other thing too that a lot of people forget, at least in my opinion for a loan officer is like, you can't be focused right now on like whether or not this sale is gonna turn into a transaction tomorrow. It has to be, okay, showing them their options if they're not happy with their options, giving them tools and guides and steps to achieving what they're looking for. Hmm. So if they're looking for, you know, a lower monthly payment or, you know, this, that, or the other, like, okay, well, then you need to focus on your credit for the next couple of months. You need to focus on your savings for the next couple of months. You need to receive your first paycheck if you're going to save your, you know, uh, change jobs in the next few months. If you're not, you know, you don't know if you'll be where you are currently in the next, or you know that there's a bonus coming, um, this, that, and the other. I think that there just needs to be like a roadmap for individuals. It can't just be like, this is what it is, and there's no hope. You either buy now or you buy never. Like, do you, do you think that some people just don't want to buy because the, the the culture of leasing and renting is so prevalent now? Um, I think that it comes down to, I mean, even with, I mean, I've heard there be bidding wars with rent right now. Wow, really? Yeah. And oh, the way wow. that I think about it is like a mortgage, you can get a fixed rate. Do, renting is, is essentially you have an, it's an arm because it might yeah. stay the same for one year to the next it might mm -hmm. go up slightly from one year to the next but eventually right. it's not going to you know it's not going to nine times out of ten it's not going to be like that unless you're in a very 
unique situation, which I've heard of, you know, you see people that are still paying the same amount of rent that they've been paying for 10 years because they've been loyal or whatever the case is. But in general, I just think rent is an arm. A mortgage is fixed. Hmm. If you need the stability or you're seeing this as a long-term future investment, or you plan to be there for a few years and you're not looking to jump around moving jobs or traveling the world or having a $250,000 wedding the same year that you buy a house, then I think that a mortgage is always going to be a safer bet in most situations. But I am not going to sit here and say that renting isn't going to be a better choice or a better fit for some people. But I also think that it's giving them a roadmap of, okay, here's what you're going to do in the next year while you're continuing to rent. Or here's what you're going to do in the next three years. And that's, a, that was, that's a very good answer. You know, like, here's what you need to do to buy a house in 2024 or by the spring of this year. But like that person that just took the time to kind of educate you of like, hey, you do have the option to own a home at some point in the future. Just like that sliver of hope. You don't have to put a, a, a date or a, a stamp on it. That's just going to come down to like the legit timing. Like, you don't know, like think about the people that I have closing in December and January and what difference in rates they have. Wow. And that was nothing other than that is the time that that person chose to get started buying a home and got under contract and find, you know, like that, I can't control that. So like, yeah. for me, like, you know, whether or not now they're going to buy when you need to buy, you're going to rent when you need to rent, but at least showing renters that like, it's okay that you're renting right now, but here's what you need to do. Whether in the next six months, year, three years, if you ever, you know, if you ever intend to ever own a home. Yeah, no, that was a very well put together answer, Madison, and I appreciate that. So. I had to give myself kudos for not going on too much of a tangent there. That was very well put together. I do miss the old Madison a little bit there. <laughs> but look, so we are, we, we're trying to give you guys some strategies that are listening to the show. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, is this is going to be a very... I said this earlier to somebody else. Every market has its. Oh no! You're frozen. <laughs> Hold on. We're going to give it a minute, and then Fabi's going to have to come back to his uh, closing statement here, people. <sighs> Season three. Oh my God, there's two of you. Here, let's take that guy out of there. He's, that he's was like, weird. Okay. You need a repeat. I don't repeat know. Repeat that whole closing statement. All, all I'm saying is mm -hmm. I was telling somebody every market has challenges. I've been I've seen them for 30 years now. You know what I mean? It's not gonna go away. We need to find the, the strategies that are gonna work for us. That we're comfortable, by the way. You can't use Madison's strategies if you're not comfortable talking about all these things that Madison's comfortable with. So make yeah. sure that you're comfortable with saying those kind of things that Madison is. I make the uncomfortable comfortable. Come on now. We just did episode one, season three. You got some Barely. new music. You got, you got some Barely. new music. You got some new music, right? You got a new yes. intro. You got a new outro. But I think you still have the same way of saying bye to the show. How do you say bye, Maddie? JP, wrap it up. <laughs> Goodbye.